is the wonder of all wonders, isn't it? So, how many of y'all glad you saved? How many of you glad to be here tonight? It's good to see Miss Joe, and I'm glad Miss Joe she's recovering from this wrist surgery, and uh, we appreciate them being here tonight. And if you would, open your uh, precious Bible tonight to the book of James, the book of James in the New Testament. This is one of my favorite books. Not long after I came here, we came here, I did a whole study on the book of James. It was one of my first series of messages that I preached to was the book of James. I mentioned something today while I was preaching and then after that man came to me after church tonight, uh, church this morning, and said what he said, it really spoke to me. <laughs> and I think this is a, an important pastoral message, not just because I'm your pastor, but because I need it. And I know if I need it, you need it, and I think we need to be aware of the opportunity we have and the responsibility that we have. When that man came to me and told me, so I want you to know, I've prayed for you and your church for the last year when I've realized you've had influence on my granddaughter's life. I mean, that, that's big stuff. Now, I don't, I've not had very many men come up to me like that. But that's important. Mm -hmm. Then as I was preaching, I brought up the subject of wisdom. When we talk about Christmas, you know, everybody says, what do you want for Christmas? I, I've never heard anybody say, Pastor, I want wisdom. But that's what we all need, especially in these days. So if you'll look in James chapter 1, and I, I really want all of you to pay very close attention. This is kind of a pastoral message. I'm going to deal with things that I hope will be helpful. James chapter 1, the Bible says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations, that means various. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That word perfect means maturing. That ye may be perfect, mature, and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Notice this, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So he answers that, he says, you're not. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now that, that's, that's powerful. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, not just in spiritual ways. He said in all of your ways. A double-minded man. So he's dealing with the subject here of wisdom. What do we desire for Christmas? What do we, what do we want? To every mother here, what do you want? To every father, what do you want? We should put a prime premise. I mean primacy on wisdom and to be fair we don't we look at everything else we think about things that we think are important in our children's lives and in our lives but they're really not 
Um, I mentioned today, I'm for education. <laughs> I'm an old hillbilly from West Virginia. We live in a day where our whole country has gotten away from good old phonics. And you know it. You can tell it. Children are struggling to read. So education, I'm for education. Someone might look at someone like me and say, well, you're no hillbilly from West Virginia. And I know I butcher the English language. But there are just some fundamentals that don't change. There are some things, just because they're new, doesn't mean they're good. (laughs) And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But as I said today, education is very important. To be fair, in our society, we've kind of made it like a god. I mean, I've seen people, they change all of their life for education. For the way, I'm for education. The Bible says, if a man lack knowledge. No, he says, if he lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Wisdom. We know that there's Proverbs written on wisdom. We know that there's Psalms talking about wisdom. We know the Bible is full of wisdom. And the Bible is so clear here in the book of James as he's dealing in a very difficult day. And by the way, we know James was killed. He was martyred for his faith. And he gives some of the greatest instruction that we'll ever know as a Christian. He's talking about, brethren, count, all, count it all joy. That's, that's, a, that's deep. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Most people say, well, I ain't finding it any joy when you go into trouble. He says, no, and the reason you should is because knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You're talking about strong Christians, strong faith. There's no strong faith unless it's tested faith. Where is it tested? In troubles and temptations and trials. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect. In other words, that you might mature. I, I don't know about you, but I'm refreshed when I'm around mature Christians. Someone that's mature spiritually. Or they're maturing spiritually. Now, why are they maturing spiritually? I believe there's a common denominator here. God says, all right, but if any of you lack wisdom. So if we're not maturing, it's because we're lacking wisdom of God. So he says to us, if we lack wisdom, he gives us a blueprint. And here's the message, a blueprint for wisdom. That'd be a good Christmas present, wouldn't it? How many of you like a new house for Christmas? Hey, I want to write that blueprint up. I want this blueprint, or I want you to design this blueprint for me. This is what I'm going to get my wife for Christmas is a new house. We'd all jump up in joy, wouldn't we? Woo, a new house. A smaller house, I think my wife would say. Smaller house. I think how many of you, older you get, you wish you had a smaller house. Amen? So you could... Wouldn't take so much to clean it. But uh, blueprint for wisdom. Here's what we want for Christmas. Now this is simple. Blueprint for wisdom. Let's look in James chapter 1. Look at a few verses here. Look at verse 5. Here, here, here's the blueprint for wisdom. What do you want for Christmas? I hope we're a church who wants wisdom. Here it is. We, if we're going to get it, we're going to have it. We have to recognize we need it. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Why would you say that, Pastor? Because notice in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, I've learned this. We don't ask for anything that we don't think we need. I think that's an interesting phrase. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Why would God say that? Because he knows us. And by the way, to be fair, I'm going to 
be honest with you. Do you know why I don't ask for wisdom like I should? Because I don't think I need it. And by the way, it's the same reason you don't either. I, I think about the, the, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, when it comes to David, right before he died, he charged his son Solomon, and he's getting ready to take over the kingdom. I think of everyone that's in leadership, and listen, you know, someone come to me the other day, and I, I'm going to be honest, it weighed heavy on me. He's right. He's right. I didn't take it as a mark of pride. Yeah, it humbled me because I'm like, dear God, help me. He looked at me and said, hey, it really don't matter much what I think and say because I don't have, here's what he said to me, but it matters what you tell, pastor, tell people, pastor, because you have a whole lot more influence. And man, he's right. What's said behind this pulpit, on this platform, in any one of these classes, at any activity that we have, it matters. There's people's lives. By the way, our conduct matters. What we're saying in a church service, how we're behaving, acting, what maybe we get frustrated over here on a Wednesday night, and even the way things are said, and the way we get frustrated. Listen to me, church, it matters. Let's say I get up here every Sunday and I'm frustrated and aggravated, and I take it out on all of y'all. It would not be very wise. He's right. I've thought about that ever since he said it. He said it two Sundays ago. Now, I, I, I think it matters what he says, but I understood what he's saying. He's saying, hey, it don't matter much what I think or say, but he said, you better make sure if you're going to say something that it's right. <laughs> right? That's heavy, church. So I'm going to be honest with you, we shouldn't have to live long to recognize we need wisdom. I mean, if you're a parent, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you all right now, you need wisdom. Now look, I'm 49. My wife and I have made many mistakes. I think we did a lot of good things too, but I think we've made many mistakes. And I'll tell you one thing, I'll tell you one of the mistakes, is even in my life as a parent, I did not ask God for wisdom enough. Now, if you have children at home, don't make that mistake. Listen to me, moms and dads, you need it. You need it. By the way, I've learned something. When children get old enough to reason back with you, there's where there's a lot of things that break down. It's easy to govern over your child when they're children, but when they get older, they can start reasoning back with you because they can sound really good. I've seen a lot of people cave. Listen to me, you need wisdom. You don't need what I need to tell you. You need wisdom. You, we need to realize we, we need wisdom. So if we're going to have wisdom, if we're going to have the blueprint, and we're going to be able to attain wisdom, the first blueprint, the first part on that blueprint before that foundation can even be laid, we have to recognize that we need it. Can I say as a mom and a dad, as a parent tonight, as a grandparent tonight, how many of you know if you had it over to do with growing up or raising your children, you wish you'd ask for more wisdom? I got my hand up.
There's the first part. You need it. And by the way, it's not something to be ashamed of. You ought to be, we we ought to desire and realize, recognize the need. But see, we live in a society, and I see the church soaking it up. I see a lot of the church soaking it up. I'm not saying ours necessarily. I'm talking about Christianity as a whole soaking it up. We've taken the world's philosophy that we try to build up children's self-esteem. Listen to me. We need to build up their spirituality. Their need of God. Not their self-worth, not what they can accomplish, but how bad they need God. Dependent upon Him. Because they're going to go through life and they're going to have issues and troubles in life that only God is going to be the one that will help them. We all know this, so we need wisdom. We have to recognize, if any of you lack wisdom, here's the first part of the blueprint, the foundation. We have to recognize that we're in need of it. Then number two, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto you. Here it is. If we recognize we need wisdom, here's the other one. We have to desire to have it. Again, there's a lot in that, let him ask of God. I remember growing up, if I wanted something for Christmas and I desired to have it, you know what I did? I asked for it. I remember one year, I wanted a shotgun. My father had a 20-gauge Frenchie. We grouse hunted all the time, and he had a 20-gauge. My uncle Mike had the same gun. They both had a 20-gauge Frenchie. And man, that thing was light. It wasn't gas-operated automatic. It was a... It was a, I don't even forgot the name of it, but it's got a spring. Recoil operated. So it had a different feel when you shot that automatic rifle. And it was a Frenchie. Now, I don't know. That's what West Virginians called it. It might be Franky. I really don't know how you pronounce it, but we always said that Frenchie. I know one thing, it knocks some birds down. And man, I wanted one one year. Man, I, I just barely asked. I said, man, I, what I would love is a 12-gauge Frenchie. My dad and Uncle Mike had a 20-gauge. They were real light, and they were, like I said, a, a recoil-operated. They felt different when you shoot it. It wasn't gas-operated automatic. And so, none, none behold, lo and behold, man, Christmas came, and, and I didn't get that gun. Well, I didn't say anything. I came home one day, like two or three days later, and it was late that evening. I came in, and Dad said, hey, Mark, there's something over there, uh, over there beside the couch. Why don't you go over and look? And there was a box that said Frankie on it. Or Frenchy. Guess what? Y'all know why I got that gun? Because I wanted it. And I asked for it. And I desired it. By the way, if you're going to have wisdom, it's because you want it. You're going to ask for it. Can I ask you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 3? I think this is interesting because... We've been studying the life of David, and I'm going to fast forward here just a little bit. But in 1 Kings chapter 3, we come to a place of where, actually in 1 Kings chapter 2, we find David dying. I thought this interesting. Real quick, in chapter 2, we see David getting ready to die. And the Bible says in chapter 2 of 1 Kings, verse 1, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. 
I thought this interesting. He charged Solomon, his son, saying. So now his son Solomon's getting ready to take over the king, the leadership of his country. These people that he's ruled, these people that he loves. And so he's giving some final words, final instruction to Solomon. And I want you to notice in verse number 6, Do therefore according to thy wisdom. Now this is David speaking to Solomon, And let not his whore head go down to the grave in peace. Now what he's speaking about there is he's talking about Joab. Now this is interesting because Joab has followed. Joab was David's general through all of his whole kingship. But as you remember, Joab disrespected David on several occasions. By the way, he killed two generations of people that David asked him not to and caused problems. Now, here's, what I, here's why I'm bringing this up. Because, see, sometimes we act out of what we think and we need to realize God has placed people in leadership that might have more knowledge than us. Because no one looking at this whole situation, and see this was a private conversation. David got his son alone, getting ready to die. He said, now listen, everybody thinks that me and Joab, everything's okay. But he said, I want you to know something. You cannot let this man die in peace. Now those are strong words. He said, let thy wisdom guide thee. In other words, he said, look, he said, you know what's going on here. And he said, you need to start using wisdom. And then he instructs him in things that he would have never known about being a king. And then it's interesting. That in 1 Kings chapter 3, the first request that Solomon asked for. I'm talking about if we're going to have wisdom, we have to desire it. And look at Solomon. He desired it. The Bible said in verse 3 of chapter 3, 1 Kings, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. Look at verse um, number 9. God asks him, what would he like? Here's what Solomon asked for. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're a father, you ought to feel the weight of your family. If you're a mother, you ought to feel the weight of your family. It ought to bring you to a place of where, yes, you recognize the need to have wisdom, but secondly, it ought to give you a desire to have wisdom because of the great. Just as Solomon said here, he said, look, I'm asking you for wisdom. Out of all the things that Solomon could have asked for, he showed what he wanted. He desired wisdom. And guess what? God gave it to him. But because he asked for wisdom and didn't ask for a long life and didn't ask for riches, God says, I'm going to give them all to you. The key here is give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who's able? Can I just say this? I'm not able to judge this thy so great a people. So what do we need? Need wisdom. Now can I help the church here just a second? Everyone here would be wise to understand. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. But I can promise you this. I probably know what's going on more in people's lives than the average Joe. 
So it is wise for everyone here to make sure you're checking with leadership before we do something. That's just helpful. So I'm going to tell you something right now. I know it's too big of a job for me. I know it's too big of a job for you. But as us doing it together and we're asking for the Lord for wisdom, we have to desire wisdom from God. I don't know about y'all, but I realize now at the age of 49, I need it and desire it more now than I've ever had. And it, it encourages me to know that Solomon, that's what he asked for. He asked for wisdom. God gave it to him. By the way, we know that he had it because y'all, y'all know the story. What about the woman that the baby died and the other baby lived? See, motive comes into play with wisdom. Someone says, well, that looks good, Pastor. Well, I'm glad that it looks good, but here's the question. What's the motive? Now, who's going to discern that? God's going to have to give us wisdom. God had to give Solomon wisdom because on the cuff, it looked like both of those mothers, one of them lost a child, the other one had stolen the child, and the one woman that stole the child, listen to me, here was the key. She didn't care about that baby. She was okay with Solomon cutting the baby in half. Now we know that any mother that loves their child, you would be cut in half before you'd let your child be cut in half. And boy, Solomon ruled with such wisdom. Why? Because he recognized his need of it. He desired it and God gave it to him. Listen to me, church, we need today, we need churches full of Christians that are asking God for wisdom. We need wisdom in this day. I hear so much foolish talk even in Christianity. Unwise. Not because I say it's unwise. You look at the outcome. Maybe we're not discerning enough to see the motive. I'm not sitting around saying we ought to be skeptic of everything, but God gives us discernment when we ask God for wisdom, and we need it. How many of you would you agree? Can I ask you all a question? The most harmful things in our lives is things that don't seem harmful. I've used it a thousand times. Rat poison. You look at the ingredients, all of it's okay, but like 0.05%. And in this day, we have to ask God, we need the desire to have wisdom so that our children, our families, our ministries, our lives won't be in error. Because many things that can destroy our life doesn't seem like it will destroy them. So we got to have desire to have wisdom. We have to let him ask. Let him ask. We've got to recognize the need that we need it. By the way, we need it. We should desire it. What do you want for Christmas? What do y'all want for Christmas? This world's going to hell in a handbasket. Quick. To be fair, we live in a day where it seems like, we know it's not, but it seems like that the church has lost all of its influence. There used to be a time, man, if the church stood up for something, there, there was something to that because you knew people of, of the book was going to stand united and it was going to make a difference. By the way, we still make a difference. But we need to have wisdom. Recognize the need, desire to have wisdom. And then here it is, verse 6. If we're going to do the blueprint, recognize the need, desire to have it. Number three, simply, we have to meet the conditions. And I'm glad the conditions are very simple. Look at verse 6. But let him ask in faith. 
nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So God just tells you right there, he said, now look, if you're going to ask for wisdom, he said, here's what you're going to have to do. Number one, you've got to recognize you have to. You're going to have to ask. But when you ask, don't be sitting there wondering whether or not he's going to give it to you or not. By faith, you're going to trust him. Look at it, very simple. He says, nothing wavering. Boy, we live in a wavering world. We live in a wavering Christianity today. It amazes me. Things that I thought we were settled on and stuck on, man, it amazes me how things have been shooken around and how things have wavered. But you know what? Our faith should not be wavered. If God tells us, let him ask of God, when you pray God for wisdom, you ought to trust him that he's going to give it to you without one iota of doubt. Lord, I'm coming to you. I need wisdom. Maybe you're going through something right now, something in your life, and you say, Lord, I don't have the answer. That's a good place because you realize your need, you're desiring it, so when you pray, meet the condition that you're not wavering and give everything you have and say, Lord, I need you to give me wisdom, and I know you will by faith. And it's amazing how he'll direct you maybe to a principle. Maybe at that very moment someone will come into your life and they'll give you a little proverb that you weren't even looking for. As Brother Milford says sometimes, he'll give you a little nugget. He'll give you a little nugget of wisdom. And God, see, he'll always work that if we're ready to hear, if we're ready to receive the wisdom from God. By the way, it amazes me when we read the Bible, we gather so much wisdom. Like I just read there a moment ago, that whole part where David's getting ready to die and he's giving information to his son, those are things you say behind closed doors, but God opened the door. That's something that even his closest allies, his closest cabinet members would have never dreamed that David would have ever opened his mouth and said, Son, you use your wisdom. Joab, you better not let him die in peace. In other words, here's what he said. Son, you better mark him because he's hurt me. He's killed two generations in a time of peace. And if you're not careful, he'll cut your throat too. That's what he said. That's stuff you don't talk out loud, is it? That's stuff you say indoors. That's stuff you say in a private conversation. But who gave David that? God gave him the wisdom. By the way, he took care of Joab. To me, that gives me a lot of wisdom. You know what that tells me? That don't mean you tell everything you know. Some people can't handle that. Some people can't handle that. They'll be shocked. They'll be hurt. They'll, they'll have to find out, well, what do you mean? Joab's a good guy. See, you don't, you don't always share. Who get, where do we get that? There's a lot of wisdom there. How many of y'all like see this church grow? That, that we have to be very careful to ask God for wisdom how we talk to people. <laughs> Somebody says, well, I'll tell you why. He just don't like your preaching. That might be true. It could be true. It's been true in the past. Not because I want people to be upset or not like my preaching, but I'm going to be honest. No, sometimes when you get the scoop, someone says something hurt their feelings and they're not just strong enough to overcome it. Where's that come from? All of us need wisdom. 
When someone walks through the door and they're a visitor, man, Lord, give me wisdom. I, I want to I I be an encouragement to this man. I don't know a whole lot about this guy. I don't know this person. I don't know this lady. I don't know this couple. But God, you give me wisdom. How do I talk to them? How can I be most helpful? God, give me wisdom. People getting ready to come in my office and they're saying, I'm coming here and I need some help. Dear God, I need your help. I don't have the answer for these people. God, give me wisdom. Please help me. Some people have this idea, I'll tell him what he ought to do. Well, you ought to be careful. If you haven't asked God, then we ought to keep our mouth shut. Let him ask your wisdom. Listen, there's a lot to be learned about this. We need to meet the conditions, but when we desire wisdom and we know we need it, then when we pray and ask God, he says, nothing wavering. Ask God to give you wisdom. Meet the conditions. Recognize the need, desire the wisdom, meet the condition. And then lastly, it's very simple. Look at the last verse. Look at verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Here's the last one. Here's the blueprint, blueprint for wisdom. If you, you will receive wisdom on the basis of God's promise. That's easy, isn't it? How many of y'all like when you find out a promise is true? Somewhere the other day, I bought something, and I can't remember exactly where it was, but, oh, I know what it was. It was, this, it was this phone right here. I had to have a new phone, and I hate these things. But you got to have them. Mine wouldn't hold charge, and I mean, my phone, I've had it for like five or six years. I mean, it wouldn't hold charge. So I went down there, because you know what? The people that I have, they, they tell me on the uh, advertisement that you can uh, trade your phone in, and mine was qualified to be traded in, and it was uh, qualified for $500. So I went down there to the store, called the lady on the line first. She said, oh, yeah, she said, you qualify, and she wasn't even in America. She said, oh, yeah, you qualify. She even put my notes in my notes on my thing. So when I went down to the store and said, hey, the lady there, she told me that I qualified for this. He said, oh, no, sir. He said, I keep putting this in. He said, no, no, no. He said, you, here, y'all ready? He said, you got to read the fine print. And on the fine print, the only way you got to trade in on your phone and got $500 if you started a new line. Well, we already had the line. I said, so what do you tell me? He says, well, you don't get anything for your phone. So I said, I'm going to have to pay full price for that phone. He said, yeah. And it, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I sat there and I got mad. And I thought, I said, I, I just sat there. And it wasn't his fault. And I said, sir, I said, I'm trying to be really, really careful here. But I said, do you see the notes on the thing? I said, I done called the people. He said, yeah, I see it, sir. But he said, she didn't read the fine print either. I said, well, i got to have the phone. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I said, well, what will you give me for that phone? He typed it. He said, 70 bucks. I said, well. Well, he didn't. So then we're running through it. He gives me the contract. And I'm getting ready to sign the contract. And the phone was, I said, wait a minute, sir. I said, I thought she was going. He said, well, I didn't think you wanted to do it. He said, you was going to. He said, you could get on Facebook Marketplace or something and sell your phone. I said, sir. I said, I'll take the 70 bucks. I said, I don't know how to get on no marketplace and sell this phone. He said, okay, I didn't know. I'm like, then I'm sitting there going, dear God, how did you not know? So what should have took an hour? I was down there for four hours. 
And y'all know, I know my family knows this, I'm the most patient man you've ever been around. Someone said to me, yeah, we, I said, boy, I get tore up over these Christmas programs. Someone in the back said, yeah, we can tell. But that's all right. I mean, it's all right. What if I didn't care? <laughs> so then the guy, I says, well, can you put the 70? So then he goes to put that, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. He said, you can't get to 70 bucks. I said, can you get the home office on the line? I said, sir, I know it's not your problem. So he gets the home office on the line, and they start talking. And I said, ma'am, do you see my, what the woman from your company already said on the line that I get this? She said, yeah, but you don't. I said, well, now he's telling me I can't get the 70 bucks. She said, oh, yeah, we'll give you the 70 bucks. I said, oh, great. So I handed him back the phone. He's on there. He said, oh, he said, sir, I'm sorry if uh, we're going to give you the 70 bucks for that old phone. He said, you're going to have to wait till it comes in the mail. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. I was like, I need the phone now. Just sell me the phone for full price. So someone sold the phone for me on Marketplace and I got a hundred bucks. You know why I made that story? I can't stand when people tell you something that ain't true. When you put your hopes in something and you think something's going to be the way it is and it's false advertisement. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's frustrating, isn't it? Read the fine print. Well, here's the fine print. He says, if you will follow through and you will ask, he says, and you will not waver, and you ask me, here's what he said. He said, I promise you, you'll get wisdom. And that's a promise we can bank on. But he said, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord if he's double-minded and he's praying without faith and he's wavering or not. And here's what I'm talking about. Y'all know those moments where you're like, well, should I ask the Lord for, for wisdom or not? Or do I think I can just handle this because, you know, I've dealt with this a hundred times and I think I got it. That's double-minded. No, you recognize your need and you're throwing yourself upon the Lord and saying, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need you and I'm trusting you to do what you told me to do. And I'm asking you knowing you have the answer for me and I need your answer. Nothing wavering. No false advertisement there. Y'all want wisdom for Christmas? We need it. How many of y'all believe you need it? We need it. God help us to have wisdom. If I... <laughs> I wish every young family would listen to me. You say young family, what do you mean? If you have children at home, listen to me. This is one request you will not regret calling upon God for. Often. Our world is in a mess because I believe a bunch of even Christian people are trying to raise children without the wisdom of God. You can't follow the world's philosophies. You cannot follow the instruction of the world. The Bible says the world is our, we're at enmity with the world. So the philosophy of the world is not going to be helpful to your children, my children, our children here. We have to be careful. 
God, give us wisdom. If you ask me what I desire for this church more than anything else for myself, for this ministry, that's it. The wisdom of God. So as we close tonight, would you stand to your feet? And I'm just going to ask, what, December the 10th, am I right? How many of you would come to an old altar tonight and just ask God to give you wisdom personally, but also as a church, God, please help us and give us wisdom in this church. And then when you pray, listen to me, nothing wavering. And I promise you this, he will give wisdom. As she begins to play something, how many of you would come to an old-fashioned altar and you just say, Lord, I, I need wisdom. I, de- I recognize my need. I desire it. And Lord, I'm asking you for it. Maybe you're going through something right now in your life and you don't have the answer. It's okay. have to guard against our feelings if we move on emotions and feelings sometimes we we're not acting upon wisdom Father, we come to you tonight. We want to thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, I'd be the first here tonight. You know my heart. I need your wisdom. I need it. We get so overwhelmed. But Lord, we know that we can trust you. We know that you are the solution. You're the answer. To everything. And so, Lord, as we come to you and we ask you for wisdom, I pray that you'll help us nothing to waver, Lord. We trust you for it. And then, Lord, we trust your promise. Thank you for being so good to us. I pray you'll help us to desire the right things this year. We'll thank you for what you do. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great night. Be careful going home. And we will see y'all. What's the next thing? Ladies Tuesday. Wednesday. We got a busy.